to D-Cup, the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Megan. Each week, we rewatch a Disney Channel original movie and discuss the good and the bad and everything in between in order to make an ultimate DCOM ranking. This week, we're watching the 2005 superhero movie, Kim Possible, So the Drama. This week, we have a very special guest. He's actually here all the time. You just never see him or hear him. He is an actor, a chemist, and he's also our amazing podcast producer and editor, Joshua Short. Happy to be here. (laughs) Happy to actually get to talk for once. (laughs) (laughs) We're giving you one full hour. That's it. Okay. (laughs) Nothing else. Make it count. (laughs) (laughs) So, Josh, we got to ask you some questions to let our listeners know a little bit more about you. So what is your relationship with DCOPs? I grew up as a very Disney kid. We didn't watch... At the beginning of my childhood, a lot of Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, but we were really, really into Disney. And I've probably seen most of the DCOMs since, you know, being born up until maybe five, six years ago. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. A true stan. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, I'm one of four siblings stretched over six years gap. So I would see DCOMs and Disney Channel shows long after, you know, my age range because I would come back from school or college and see it and my younger siblings would still be watching them. And so I'd watch them, enjoy them. And just as a family, if nothing else was on, we'd put on Disney and see whatever they were playing. Now, I'm trying to do some math here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said about five years ago. That would have made you like 23 Still watching Disney Channel? We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to date me. (laughs) Guys, Josh is old. (laughs) (laughs) I'll cut this. (laughs) Don't make me do it. (laughs) So, okay. So, Josh, what would you say is like your number one favorite Disney Channel movie of all time? That's really hard to say. Not the best, but what's your favorite? Honestly, it might be this movie. It might be the Kim Possible movie. It's okay. It's a toss up between the Kim Possible movie, the Sweet Life movie. Really? Or Teen Beach movie. One of those three for completely different reasons. What an interesting little pairing we have. Yeah, that's a a treat. We got Kim Possible. Yeah. Yeah, Kim Possible because it's. You know, I absolutely love the show. It's the best superhero movie ever made. It has to be. (laughs) Sweet Life. I watched that show from when it first started all the way to the end. Grew up with that show. And to finally see it culminate in this wacky off-the-wall movie was amazing. And then Teen Beach Movie is just full of dang bops from start to finish. (laughs) Super meta, super cheesy. It's everything I love in a movie that doesn't take itself seriously at all. And so I just have a love for all these. So I know Brina and I both have never seen Teen yeah. Beach. I've seen you clips of it. Because I've it's seen fantastic. pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen the so, whole I mean, thing. I, I guess we can give our listeners a little like hint about what we might be planning with Teen Beach movie. But for those that don't know, Josh and I are dating. We hold hands sometimes. Ooh. And um, not on air. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sabrina <laughs> Sabrina's girlfriend 
Ellie loves teen beach movie, as does Josh, but we have never seen it. So we have talked about perhaps doing a couples episode for teen beach movie. So look out for that. Takeover. Yeah. (laughs) If the schedules can line up. Of course. So Josh already kind of answered the question, why this decom? It seems to be in one of his top favorite DCOMs. Is there any other reason that you chose this one instead of those other two? I think that this movie, it, I might be wrong, so don't fact check me. I think this might be the first animated DCOM. And I thought that was so cool because I love animation as a medium and watching this show, you know, from the beginning all the way to where I don't want to take one of your fun facts, if this is a fun fact, this was supposed to be like the series finale. This was supposed to take everything that everybody loved about the show and put it into a movie. Mm -hmm. And I thought they did a really good job with it. And it's just everything about Kim possible just thrust into this movie for everybody to see. And I, I just love it. Yeah. And that, that is like, it was supposed to be the series finale, but then they gave them some more episodes, which I'll talk more about later. This is also our first animated DCOM that we're reviewing. Yeah. Which is very exciting. It is. Yeah. I think there are only like two or three. Yeah. Maybe. So this is fun. I'm excited. So let's hop in. Josh, because you love this movie so much, why don't you hit us with a summary? All right. Here's the sitch. Dr. Draken has an evil new plot for world domination, but its ultimate success depends on finding out KP's weakness. And Kim is definitely distracted by the prom date drama and the new hottie at Middleton High School named Eric, who suddenly sparks feelings in Ron about Kim that resemble much more than friendship. I love the enthusiasm you, you so just gave. <laughs> Loved the energy. When I say I love this movie, I love this movie. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, it's palpable. so Sabrina, why don't you go first? What is your memory of this movie before rewatching it? I got to say, the iconic kiss at the end like, is burned yeah. into my brain. Like, that was such a huge moment for any Kim Possible fan. And also, something weirdly that stuck out to me was Shigo and Kim fighting in the casino. And I think that's... Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like my queer brain was like, this is great. So... <laughs> I think that's why that stuck out. But those are definitely the two like big moments that came to my mind when I heard we were doing this movie. So I wrote down nothing question mark. I couldn't remember what happened in this movie because there are like two Kim Possible movies and I couldn't remember what happened in this. And so I said, I think, is there a dance? And then I said, is this the one where Ron wins? And there was a dance and it is the (laughs) one where Ron wins. (laughs) So you were correct. You were on the right track. And like the dance, I remembered like that blue, that pretty light blue prom dress that gets like eaten away at the end like at the bottom so I like I did remember that stuff and I remember Ponytail Kim I'm a big fan of Ponytail Kim oh yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah so Josh what's your memory of this movie <laughs> definitely similar to yours Sabrina that you know there was the dance Ron and Kim finally kissed and they finally realized that they have feelings for each other I also remember that there was a bomb opening like it started off right into the action I love that kind of trope for movies based on TV series where they just like hop right into whatever's going on. But I definitely remembered it being a lot longer than it was. 
Like I remember this being like a blockbuster level movie and it's it's like only an hour and 10 minutes long. (laughs) It's like an hour seven. (laughs) And I remember Draken finally being competent for once and it's like, oh dang, he finally got his act together and is actually a threat. And it's just shakes up everything. And of course the casino fight scene, it was chef's kiss God. <laughs> yeah no it was I, I remember absolutely loving this movie and yeah yeah still do still love it so this movie has a 74% audience score too low <laughs> I, Josh is like I absolutely feel like low. I'm starting to realize that audience scores don't mean anything <laughs> hey remember the like, part where she said we were dating <laughs> yeah, we're gonna cut that. No, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that as in like a slight against the movie. It's just like they're so all over the place. <laughs> this movie was written by Bob Schooley and Mark McCorkle, which I love that last name, McCorkle. What a fun last name. They are the yeah. They are the creators of Kim Possible the show. They're also a writing duo. They wrote Aladdin 2, Return of Jafar, Aladdin and King and the King of Thieves, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, the movie that <laughs> the movie that started the Buzz Lightyear TV show, and then get ready for this. They also wrote Sky High, Hotel for Dogs, and the Kim Possible 2018 live action movie. Oh well that's unfortunate. They can't all be winners. You haven't even seen uh, that one. Sky High. They can't all be winners. Sky High is a winner. <clears throat> I that movie I can't is wait for us fantastic. to watch. Fantastic. <laughs> Sky cannot. High is not I, a sitcom. But, that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, and it also I saw that they had an upcoming project that's in development called. Don't you do this. Sky High Two. <gasps> what? Shut up. <laughs> No way. No. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's so only excited. in development. Only in development, but... Do you think Danielle Panabaker is going to come back for that? I hope so. <sighs> I hope they all come back. They need to hurry up while Kurt Russell is still acting before he retires. Oh, dang, I forgot. I need movie. Nicholas dang, Braun yeah. back in this movie. I love him so much. I, oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Just uh, what Disney could do with a Sky High movie, given their, you know, other superhero budget movies. Oh, heck. Oh my God. I <laughs> would love Sky to High see in that. the MCU. Please. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then this movie was directed by Steve Loder, who has directed several Rent and, or Ren and Stimpy movies. And he also directed several episodes of Kim Possible, Brandy and Mr. Whiskers, and American Dragon Jake Long. Nice. Interesting. So he, he knows his animation. Yes, he yeah. does. He's a he's an animation TV director. Yeah, so let's hop into this movie, shall we? Absolutely. I have to say from oh, the start, yeah. I don't know how much like intellectual information or like notes that I can give to this because I found myself just like watching the movie and just thoroughly enjoying it. So a lot of my notes are just reaction notes and not anything super useful. So (laughs) I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say, but I just absolutely adored watching it. And I honestly forgot to take good notes. So just going in with that information. (laughs) (laughs) So right off the bat, I loved the James Bond 
esque title sequence. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. I love so good. That. I loved it. I loved that there was a title sequence. There aren't many in a lot of DCOMs, and I I appreciate a title sequence. Yeah, I also loved like Josh talked about earlier the opening. I loved that. I love going in with the action and then having the title sequence right after that cold open. I just thought it was so fun. And I also loved the moment where she gets the call from Monique as she's like in the middle of saving this man's (laughs) life. And it's like high school (laughs) drama. And she's like, oh my God, you have to fill me in. And I was like, this is absolutely a teenage girl. Like this, absolutely, this would happen. I loved Monique. Monique was BFF goals. We need more of Monique throughout the entire series. Oh, yes. Monique was an excellent addition to the series. Yeah. And Raven as Monique. We love Raven. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfection. Great casting choice. Heck yes. So, Josh, what's what's your favorite thing? What's the thing you loved the most about this movie? I think what I loved most about this movie was how possible the plot was. Like how actually achievable Draken's plan was. It was so smart and well through because like if McDonald's wanted to, they could take over the world overnight. What do you mean if they wanted to? They have. (laughs) But but I mean, like other than, you know, killing people with obesity, like if they wanted to, you know, control the world and have like the CEO, Ronald McDonald ruling over the known world, they could do it. Honestly, yeah. I was actually wondering, because, like, when this came out, I know, like, Happy Meal toys were really big. Are they as big anymore? Is that still, like, something that kids look forward to? That's a good question. I think so. Because I took a kid to McDonald's, and the toy was lame. But I remember the toys being really Okay. Do you guys remember I getting have like something to tell you? What they've always been lame. No, they have not. No, no. Because do you guys remember when you would get like the glass like Shrek cups from McDonald's when you like yeah. order? Those like, weren't the toys remember? though. Those were like special. Those yeah. were special promotional things they would do. I how dope. Brian and I had those Shrek cup those Shrek cups in our house. Like, I in like why don't oh, they yes, do I stuff know. like that? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure those were, like, recalled because the paint was bad or something. But, like, they were great. Well, it's fine. I remember getting, like, a little, like, a virtual game. Like, like a, like something that took Oh, yeah, the little tiny. Yeah, no, no, no. I remember those. Yeah. They were, were, like, little cheap Game & Watches. Yeah, and then, like, there were, like, some fun action figures things. And I don't know. I I mean, they still have things like that. They're just really cheap to make. Yeah. I don't know. But I do agree. I do think this is something that is more plausible than a lot of Draken's other plots. And not just his, like, supervillains in general. This is a very well thought out, like, use capitalism and (laughs) global marketing to achieve world domination. Looking at you, Bezos. Like, this is... (laughs) This is what happens. Wait, are you encouraging Jeff Bezos to do this? Oh, no, I'm implying that he's already done it. Oh, no. But I I also have to say, I loved that 
throughout it, like Draken was really the only one who knew what was going on. Like even Shigo, like that did not cool. yes. understand or she couldn't figure it out. I was like, this keeps it interesting. <laughs> this keeps it exciting. And I yes. love that. Yeah. I hate when shows like they spell out what they're trying to do. And then like the hero doesn't know, but you know, because the villain has given it to you. This was so cool in that you were kept guessing until all the threads, they pulled them at once and it all tied together. Yeah. Like it was almost to us. Evil villains are notorious for just giving up all of their information at the beginning of movies and making it just not as fun. Because you're like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen next. And I guess the fun is like seeing how the superhero reacts. But I love that in this one, they kept it close to him. So then you really had no idea what was going to happen. And I think take notes, people. Like, this is a great (laughs) way to do it. Like, have more supervillains not give away their whole plot at the beginning of the movie. Exactly. And the scene about halfway through where she goes trying to figure it all out. And he's like, Kim Possible's not smarter than you. She's like, yeah, duh. (laughs) It's like, so if she can't, if you can't figure it out, she can't figure it out. She's like, oh, dang. Yeah. What? Yeah. It blows her mind. (laughs) And where she go in that instance, it's like, if we can't figure it out, then it's a really good plot. Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite thing in this whole movie was Ron. I loved Ron in this movie so much. (laughs) So the first thing that I was like, I always have loved Ron. And I mean, I don't love him more than Kim Possible, obviously, because like Kim Possible was like who I wanted to be as a kid. And like it, high school was vastly disappointing compared to (laughs) what I thought it would be. You thought you were going to be a superhero? (laughs) I, yes, I had main character syndrome as a six-year-old. Yes, I did. Um, I love that. But I loved Ron in the moment where Eric comes in and, like, Ron is showing him around school and it was very funny. But they they go into the cafeteria and they see Kim and Eric starts to, like, objectify her and he says some, like, gross stuff. And, or he like calls her, I don't, I, I should have written down what he called her, that he was like, it was something kind of gross. He was like, oh, look at that, like smoke show over there, but it wasn't smoke show. And Ron shut that talk down. He was like, don't talk about KP like that. Like, I loved that he was like, I, this is this is gross bro talk and I'm not going to stand for the misogyny even when women aren't present. I loved it. Ron is a feminist. I, I also loved how, yeah, I also loved how Ron was the emotional one in this movie. Yeah. Like he was going through it. I mean, a lot was happening. (laughs) He fell for his best friend, which is never easy. And then his favorite fast food restaurant is being taken over by an evil, well, evil robots, really. And he's having full breakdowns on TV. He's like, not okay, ever. And yet he still like supports KP. And you know, he's there for her. But it's just it's one one of my favorite scenes is when he's breaking down on television. I think so funny and so good dad Um, ron's on tv and he's freaking out (laughs) and i was going through it yeah the whole movie 
And I just love to see him like kind of go through the roller coaster and yeah. especially having like Ron, one of like the male leads being the one going through like this huge emotional roller coaster and dealing with falling for a best friend and jealousy, which everyone goes through at some point in their life. And it sucks. And I loved seeing that from him. And I just think it was so well written and so funny. And I, I yeah. absolutely adored Ron during this movie. The other thing I loved about Ron's character was that I never got the vibe that he was like some sappy incel that saw himself stuck in a friend zone. Like he, like first and foremost, he always cared primarily about him and Kim's friendship. And like, Mm -hmm. he didn't even realize he had feelings for her. I was just going to say that. Like he, yeah. Like he was like, no, what are these feelings? Yeah. He was like, what is this? And like, I mean, throughout the show, like Kim dates other people and Ron is fine with it. And like, they kind of hint at it a little bit throughout the series that like, you know, that will they, won't they, but I never like, (sighs) It was never like, a, oh, he's constantly pining after her. And it ne- like, you know how, you know, some things are like, oh, the guy's in the friend zone and then he gets the girl yeah. and he's constantly pining. And I just I never felt like Ron was like an incel. And I appreciated that. <laughs> the very first episode of the show is very similar to this movie in that they have to go save Mr. Nakasumi. Draken gets the robots from him there's a dance coming up and there's a guy that Kim's interested in. And what happens is Ron's not jealous at all. He's like, Oh, that guy's kind of a tool, but you know, I'll help you. He's like, I'll find some, like they usually go to the dances as friends. And he's like, okay, well, if you're going to go with him, it's time for Ron to shine. I'm going to go get a date. And he goes through, like, he's not even pressed at all. And then (laughs) like halfway through the episode, she's like, Oh no, what are we going to do? And he has like all these notes, pulled out it's like how she's gonna get with josh mankey and he's like all right okay you gotta do this 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 and he's there as the number one friend the wingman like he is there to support kim and make her happy as the best friend and it's great i also like i i see myself in ron in so many ways like i was definitely ron throughout my entire adolescence like I was the I was like the dorky weirdo that always like fell for my best friend and ate a lot of Taco Bell. So like in that way I felt seen. <laughs> I'm glad you <laughs> like that. I just I I yeah. Representation is important. I did. It is. It is. So like I I just I love Ron in this whole movie. Oh, I, also I looked it up. Eric calls her extreme steam. That ew. Yeah, that's <laughs> gross. I am not yeah, a fan. Awful. I do have to say, I loved Kim's boss family in this movie. Yes! They yes. are incredible. I mean, her mom is a brain surgeon. Yes. Her dad is a rocket scientist. Her brothers, Tim and Jim, which is hilarious, mm-hmm. is like are like little inventors. <laughs> And, like, I mean, yeah. Tim, Jim, and Kim, come on. Yeah. Whoa, 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 no. They named him after the dad. James Timothy Possible. Yeah, Jim Tim Possible. I I know, but it's, like, Tim, no. Jim, and Kim. I just think like, it's the, so funny. Oh, I never uh, put together them with Kim. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're also super supportive of Kim. 
which I think is yeah. so dope. It's so awesome. And they all help each other towards the end. And they make like the getaway moped, which I love. <laughs> I love the getaway scooter <laughs> at the end. But I just loved the integration of her family into this plot. And yeah, they are truly such like a boss family. They're all incredible. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you. I just, I I liked how involved the family was in this. Because I don't think the family's as involved in the TV show. Like, you see them here. No, they're here. around. They're yeah. around. Yeah. But, like, I don't think they're, like, I just, I liked how pivotal to the plot they were. You couldn't have the movie yeah. without them. Agreed. Um, also, because we're, we talked about Kim's dad, Kim's dad and Draken were college buddies? Oh yeah, no, they I were friends. That's in the show. It. That's a whole through line. What? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a whole that. like. Yeah. I was so confused. I was like, "What?" That's why, like in the movie, and he's like, "Oh, irony," but in my favor this time because he knows him and he knows where he lives. Like they were really good friends in college. That's, that's so funny. It, that's nuts. I didn't remember that. <laughs> I was like, hold on, did they like rush a frat together? What's this relationship? <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 like. That reveal was just as big of a bomb in the show, like for people that didn't see the show in the movie. So like mm. it had just as big of an impact. Interesting. So when he calls him like <laughs> Drew. <laughs> also that pizza they were eating while the dad was kidnapped, that pizza looked really good. You animated ever, like, food always looks amazing. I know I was gonna say, like, do you have like animated foods that you can think of and you're like, that looks so good. That's me, the yeah. this pizza. I'm now hungry, so <sighs> thank it. you. yeah thanks for that i also loved the twist of eric being an evil drone like or like an evil robot loved that i i thought that was fun and interesting and unexpected i just i I was like oh okay cool (laughs) i'll take it i megan looks like she disagrees i didn't like however oh yeah what what do you oh, have to say, Megan? I that's actually one of my dislikes. What? I, I didn't like that Eric was a synth yeah, drone. A synth synth drone is that what? Synth drone. A syndo drone. Synth o drone. Synth o drone. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I didn't like it. I wanted him to be Dragon's son. <laughs> Are you, you're going to sit there on the other side of this camera and tell me that you think that Draken got laid. <laughs> <laughs> you're really, you're, you're really going to sit there and look me in the eye and tell me. <laughs> you, 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 you cannot look me in the eye and say that there wasn't one night where Shigo got a little drunk and was like, maybe. Not at <laughs> all. Nope. Absolutely Never. not. I refuse to believe that would ever happen. Like, okay, not Shigo, but like I wanted it. I because I didn't. I forgot that he was like a syntho drone, and I was like, I knew that he was evil though. The whole time I was like, it's kind. It's very obvious that this boy is evil. Like even without remembering it, I was like, oh, this, there's something about him. He's not right. I think it was his mullet. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't, I was, then I, I, we got along and I was like, oh, this is Draken's son. And I was like, that would have been really cool. And I didn't like that he was a synthodrone. I also thought the reveal was kind of lame. Like it was very quick. I guess. Yeah. I just, I wish he had been a real boy. (laughs) Yeah. He's a real boy. I, I, 
I don't like the reveal as much because, you know, he's sitting at the desk and he turns the picture around and it has the picture of Eric and Kim together. And that's when it kind of spoiled it or like gave it away. Yeah. I wish that he actually did get captured, like made it seem like he got captured and then she has to save him. And then he... Oh, well, no, I'm talking about like the reveal that he's a syntho drone because he turns it around and you're like, oh, perhaps. Oh, yeah. I thought that reveal was kind of lame. Like it just felt very quick. I guess. I think we could have played with Kim's emotions a little more. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if they built it up where she actually saves him and then Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you saved me. And then maybe like they try to get away a little faster. Yeah. And like they're trying to leave. And he's like, oh, hey, I need to tell you something. Bam. <laughs> I wanted like a Hans and Anna moment from Frozen. This this okay. movie walked so that Frozen could run. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally no, thinking I, about the Hans moment. Like that's what this was. And I do agree. I think it could have <laughs> the reveal later. could have been done better, but I liked that as like a plot point. Like I like having that. And you could also you could tell, like I agree. You could tell he was like off and you're like, something's wrong with this man. Mm-hmm. Like the, this is weird. Yeah. But I think I was, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting him to be one of the evil, like, synthodromes. So I I was like, like oh, okay. Boy. Oh my God. When he, I have to say, one of my dislikes is when watching Eric deflate was disgusting. Yeah, I, it was so disturbing. No one's allowed to say synthodrone anymore. He's now called Slime Boy. <laughs> I just didn't like how easily he was defeated. Like, I get that's, all the synthodrones are are just sacks of this goo, but like a true Achille, Achilles heel, we'll they just like bite his it. leg and he goes. Blah. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get into yeah, the negatives. We'll get more into that because I agree with that. Going back to the positives, yes. so because this is a result of him doing the research on what is called teenage wasteland, and like all the people right. are in there, like reading through girly magazines and like on the phone. He's like, "How are you?" It's like, oh, what's up, Dr. D Diggity Dog? And he just pounds on the glass. He's like, we lost him. (laughs) I cackled. I cackled at that line. This movie and this show is so good at little funny quips. Yes. They don't even, I know they're trying because they had to write it, but it's so effortlessly funny. And it's it's just these little tiny lines. And it's amazing. And I think that's what makes the show so good. Mm-hmm. And the movie's so good is that it's just so funny, but it's naturally funny. Yeah, the one-liners were a big thing for me. The humor yeah. didn't seem forced. Yeah, no, there were actually, there are two moments that one of them made me laugh like a chuckle, like a ha, huh. and then another, I was screaming. I <laughs> And so the first one was a visual gag where Ron is like playing poker with all of these people <laughs> and he like they he, they find out he's bluffing and they show his hand and there's a joker joker in there <laughs> his hand and that was just really funny. I thought that was funny and also like I think I liked it because that's not something that I would have noticed as a child but that's like something in there for the adults. Yeah, And this is another thing that I definitely know was in there for the adults. And this is the moment that made me scream. And it's when Kim calls her mom for advice and she has her on speakerphone because she's performing brain surgery. I have that written yes. down. I have that scene. I, me too. And, I love that part. They're like, so they're giving Kim's mom and her, like, her doctor assistants are giving advice while they're performing brain surgery. 
and then the patient flatlines. <laughs> and her mom is like, oh, sorry, gotta go, Kimmy. And then Hayden, she was like, Why? she was. No, it wasn't even that worried. She was just, ooh, better hop off. Yeah, no, she was I'm not sweet. concerned. She was like, oh. <laughs> Was I was so like, funny. did that patient freaking die? He's dead. <laughs> and that was so funny. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was, so, it was so good. I can't believe yeah. that they just, they killed a person in this movie for the bit. I really wrote after the, ooh, better hop off. Did that guy die? He we see a lot of people died. that are questionably dead in this movie. He 100% died. He flatlined. And that's the funniest thing. I don't think I have a dark sense of humor. And then when I say things out loud, I'm like, hmm, maybe. Because I was like, <laughs> that man died and that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. That's, that's how good the humor in this movie is. It was really good. Or when they're in the mall and Bonnie runs out because it's like, oh, yeah, no, Brick's distracted by the girl at the jewelry kiosk she's hypnotized by her big hoops and like sprints out (laughs) just these little throwaway funny lines i feel like if we're gonna like if we do ever do superlatives and we're do like we do like funniest scene the flatlining scene is definitely a contender (laughs) 100 it's so good (laughs) i also i loved the animation what did you guys think about the animation oh I loved it. Like I said, like I'm already a huge fan of animation as a medium, but I thought it was so smooth. It some animation and maybe it's because it's a movie, but I don't remember the show having this issue. Some animation styles have this problem where they scale things horribly and it's just like they kind of throw it together because they're like, oh, it's animation. It doesn't matter as long as they're somewhat the same thing. But it's I thought everything was so smooth. I thought it was just nice to watch everything was bright and cool and the backgrounds were full of life like they didn't just like put some stock plain background that didn't move like the world was alive and it just kept moving and it wasn't just some boring background because it's like ah kids don't care about that they just care about the stuff happening in the foreground no it was everything was beautifully drawn because they were they wanted to build this world and this story and it was beautiful yeah, I thought the girls were hot. Yeah. Oh, thank God. I, I wrote on my list. I was like, I said I wouldn't come into this episode talking about how Shigo and Kim and everybody else in this movie are. But I'm glad. I'm glad the ice has been broken. No. Yeah. Well, like the animation. <laughs> they animated these teenage girls. Perhaps too hot, but it's fine. <laughs> no, literally every I, woman in, like animated in this movie is so attractive. Every yeah. one of mm-hmm. them. No uggos. No uggos. 12 year old me was loving it. It was, was like, me, they're so pretty. Too. I didn't know it, but <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Kim's hair. Kim's hair has always been the ultimate goals. I did not realize how long Shigo's hair was until this movie. And I was like, that is so much hair to fight with. Like, that is a lot of hair to deal with while you know what? fighting That's- people. That's a that's a good point you bring up that I'm gonna throw onto the negatives is somebody get these bitches a hair tie like <laughs> yeah <laughs> they yeah exactly this is the male gaze we need let them it looks so much it. cooler though 
Like to have it like flare up while they're fighting. Like that's so cool. So impractical. And (laughs) I do have to say, it doesn't bother me as much in animated movies because they're animated. Yeah. But when it's like Mm -hmm. a live action movie, I'm like, no, this would not work. Don't do this. (laughs) Put their hair up. All of Captain Marvel. All I kept saying was somebody get this woman a hair tie. That's all I said the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah. My last positive. The song that they danced to at the end. Beautiful. I love that song. Chrissy Carlson Romano's singing career. Yeah. And speaking of the music, did y'all hear the multiple Jesse McCartney bops throughout this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I was a Jesse McCartney, like, huge fangirl when I was little. Like, (laughs) him and Hilary Duff loved them. But immediately, I heard his voice and I went, Jesse McCartney? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) And then there was another one. And I was like, I love this. (laughs) This is great. I had a great time with the soundtrack of this movie. I like that Jesse McCartney is to Kim Possible as Bowling for Soup is to Phineas and Ferb. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. No, because I watched uh, Sitch in Time after I watched this movie. And this movie does the music very well. It's not jarring. But let me tell you, Sitch in Time, that is some jarring music placement. It does not make sense, but it is Jesse McCartney, and he makes sure you're aware of him. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do Sitch so, in Time. So props to the sound mixer yes. on this movie. <laughs> we need to do Sitch in Time, because I had that one on VHS, and I wore that VHS yes. out. It's not a decom, but, you know, we'll do a bonus episode. It's, Please bring me back. Oh, of course. And we'll bring you back when we eventually do the 2018 live action. Yes. Mm, I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> Your contract You've committed. is blood. <laughs> so does anyone have any more positives? I could just go down my list of positive reactions that I wrote I in order through this movie. <laughs> so I wrote down in order. This company was from the first episode, the Nakasumi. I was like, really cool call- callback. God, I love Shigo. <laughs> The gadgets are so cool. This is the first time I've seen the grappling hook work like it's actually supposed to. (laughs) James Bond style opening. Amazing. I said, though, what's up, Dr. D diggity dog? We lost him. Amazing. The way this is actually probably more of the negative or just the way the lips of the girls in the show are drawn all look like mustaches. (laughs) Except for the singer in the club, which I was writing that down as the singer in the club popped up. And I was like, that's, that's weird. The communist hammer and sickle tattoo in the poker game to let you know that he's from Russia. It's like, I see you, comrade. It was, they really wanted you to know where each of these poker players were from. And then I said, I wouldn't come into this episode talking about how hot Shigo and Kim are, but the fight scene in the casino is sending me. Shigo's cocktail dress is amazing. Fashion notes, we'll get into that. Uh... Her mom is spitting straight facts when she's giving her advice. Like, I thought it was such a good, like, honest, you know, mother-daughter conversation. It's like, look, what's wrong with him being your best friend? Like, is there something wrong with that? She's like, well, no, but he's not boyfriend material. It's like, no, it's just, you know, it's, it's wrong. It's like, she's like, look, that's life. Like, you like people that you like, you got to figure out your own, figure out your own stuff. Like, What's going on? Like, how do you really feel? She was spitting straight facts. 
ooh, better hop off. Did that guy die 100%? Hypnotized by the big hoops. And oh, the way he just writes evil when Lars writes evil on the tray and like puts it on that the the manager did not see just big evil in hot sauce on this tray the fact that evil just stayed there when he was taking it all off and Rufus is moving all the stuff off the tray he's like evil oh and he doesn't even look at it and they're just like holding it up in the window after he figures it out he's like Oh dang! It is evil. Also, did you notice that the the Bueno Nacho assistant manager? That's the voice of the annoying boy from Polar Express. Yeah, I yeah. would recognize his voice anywhere. I was like, <laughs> it's such an iconic voice. I was like, oh my god! A series regular. I think he was one of the other characters that came on probably around the time Monique did, where they just added these bigger supporting cast. I love it. Oh. Yes. And then finally, or not finally, I love that the robots have Kim's rocket skates, that Dr. Draken really took everything that he learned about Kim and put it into his plan against her. Like this was really the culmination of everything into this movie. And I loved it. And then finally, it was like, everybody cheered at the dance. (laughs) Like when she was like, ha, they're dating. Yeah, let's let's go. Aww. And they absolutely loved it. I love it. Yeah. Everybody was just like, we love this for you. Like we love you guys. Also, before yeah. we move into negatives, I think it, we would be remiss if we didn't spend a little bit of time talking about how much of a badass Kim is and how good her character oh. was for young girls. Yes. Like yes. this woman killed an octopus with her bare hands. <laughs> And a giant octopus at that. (laughs) I wrote, before I was taking my stuff about the movie, like what I remember, I wrote a whole, like, page worth of notes about how much I love Kim Possible as a role model. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Like, it was... And it was something that I loved about the show and I didn't realize it till now when I look into entertainment and stuff like that and I can appreciate it. This had the strong female leads, just strong female characters, strong characters in general. But I don't remember one time in the entire show where they're like, oh, you can't do this, Kim, because you're a girl. Like, not once did sexism come into it. Yeah. It was more like, oh, you're a teenager. You can't do this. Like, not once did she have to justify herself as being this badass. She just was a badass. Like, and I thought that was cool, like, for anyone to look up to and be like, yeah, like she's not she's not the exception to the rule. She's what anybody can be. And like especially like, you know, young girls growing up at, of any gender, like seeing her do this is really, really cool because, yeah, I, I might be remembering the show with rose tinted glasses because I did really love the show. But I don't remember that ever being an issue for her. And I love that. Yeah, it was like, like everybody's just like, yeah. hell yeah. It was like there was no way she wouldn't be a hero. Yeah. Right. Like, there was no question about, like, her how. Validity. Yeah. yeah. Also, exactly. I do want us to discuss more. She killed a giant octopus with her bear. <laughs> I feel like did she killed it. Over. Or did she just knock it out? Now. It's just sleeping, right? Uh, it's, it was moving and then it wasn't. She killed. Look, it was 2005. I feel like PETA would have some words to I say. I wish. I wish that we could have gotten a shot. 
of her in the tank and just snapping that neck. <laughs> that would have been so like <laughs> Do Octopi have necks? With clinical ease. I wanted to watch Impossible just kill this giant octopus. I feel like be I a have little to too it. graphic. <laughs> I, I want it. I need it. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Kim Possible is definitely one to like mercy kill a bird that flew into your window. <laughs> I I have nothing more to say about I, that. No, <laughs> uh, okay, let's move to um, negatives. One of my reaction notes in more of a negative way was when she lets her like phone thing go to voicemail. During the dance, because Eric is like, no, you don't have to pick that up. You don't have to do that. Like, you know, enjoy yourself. I was like, girl, you got to save the fucking world. Like, you got to <laughs> save the world. Do not let it go to voicemail. Are you kidding? Like, <laughs> that's that's not even her, like, that's not her teenager line. That's her save the world line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was like, the thing is, voicemail. <laughs> in defense of that. Like, that's her struggle through this movie. Like, when she's at Bueno Nacho talking to Monique, she's like, is there something wrong with me? I feel like I'm scaring off all these boys, like, all these just nice, normal people. Like, I can't be a normal... I can't go on normal dates. I can't get a date to the prom. Like, that's not something she gets to have, and it's making her really struggle. And that's kind of the whole conflict with her, like, kind of pushing Ron away, being like, no, we can't go to the dance. Like, I need to... I, I want a boyfriend. Like I want these, you know, these normal interactions because in the show she's had, you know, boyfriends and relationships, but they've all kind of fallen through either because, you know, they're evil or <laughs> she scares them off with how, yeah. you know, she's a crime fighter. These boys and are so these... intimidated by a girl who exactly. kills octopuses with her bare exactly. hands. <laughs> and when this boy who's really nice comes up to her and it's like, Hey, like it's okay. Like you can just, experience this with me you can have this dance to her that's like finally somebody's giving me permission to live a normal life oh. and she, in that moment she's like okay i'll relent i'll let this one time it's probably not that important we're still trying to figure out whatever the heck dragon's why doing. do you sound but like then... jerry mcgonagall <laughs> <laughs> that is an honor thank you <laughs> that is true but i but then i can die happy <laughs> But then she has this moment, which I loved this. I wrote this down as a quote. She she ends up, you know, picking up her phone or, like, reading it. And she turns to Eric, and they're, like, leaving. And he's, you know, wondering, like, why she's leaving. Like, And she's like, it's a save the world kind of thing. And I was like, <laughs> okay, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Just hand to the face and walk out. Like, I, I loved it. I was like, that's such a power move. It really is. Such a power move. So, what are my dislikes? This movie didn't really feel like a movie to me. It felt like a long episode of Kim Possible. Like, it didn't feel like it was any more heightened than some of the other episodes of Kim Possible. It, it, it was a little more heightened. And I think also, like... This is something that we disagreed on. I didn't like the cold open of the movie very much. What? 
I, I don't understand. That's the best part. I didn't like it very much. I felt like, well, one, it started immediately, which is something I hate about, like, most of the decoms that we watch. I don't like that all these movies start, like, as soon as I press play. I like a little I do bit get more that. of a lead in. And so you are thrown yeah. immediately into this world. And if you haven't watched the show, you kind of don't know what's going on very much. And so, like, it felt like just another episode of Kim Possible at the start. And that, so that it didn't really feel much like a movie to me. I will disagree in the thought that you don't really know what's going on. Because when... I have a note here where I specifically say I love how you get thrown in and instantly know what's happening because it introduces the characters again. Like Ron pops out and it's like, oh, this is Ron. And he pulls out a naked mole rat. He's like Rufus. And he's like, naked mole rat, weird enough for you. Like it explains what these things are very quickly for people that haven't seen the show. I, I Like there's no reason for him to say it's a naked mole rat. Other than to introduce that this weird thing that you're seeing in his hand is a naked mole rat. I, I disagree because Ron Ron says that so many times throughout the show. Like he always is talking about his naked mole rat. And he talks about Rufus, but he doesn't. I guess maybe. Okay. I, I felt like, but like I it's important to know. Considered introduction reintroductions of characters was just like, oh look, there's Shigo because like Shigo comes in and you're like, who is this? And like it it just it felt like another episode of Kim Possible to me. I also feel like the cold open, like just being thrown into the action is a very like action movie thing. So they, they were going by that kind of like rubric, that action movie rubric. Yeah. Cause like, think of like James Bond. That's always how it is. It like throws you in and then that's, they have the title sequence. And I think that was just, that's the it, style. It, yeah. It felt like they were trying to go into that style just with like an animated movie. Yeah. And no, I understand and that. I just I, I didn't like it very much. It wasn't my thing. I got to say, um, one of my biggest yes. negatives, I felt like it moved really fast and I wish it was an hour and a half rather than an hour 10 mm. because I feel like there are parts that they could have extended and kind of worked a little more with, especially I I think the less like action moments. I would love to see those played out a little longer and get more of the relationships and with like Eric and Ron and then her family have more of those moments kind of last a little longer. But I, I don't or, think it was or like, devote that time to the end. <laughs> yeah. The end was a little abrupt, but there was a point, I think towards the end where I was like, wow, okay, we are at this point now. I was like, this really just, the plot just moved so quickly. And it wasn't like completely detrimental in my eyes, but I just wish there were more moments that were lengthened to have kind of that breath for a minute and then go right back into the action. I think yeah. it just, they cut it a little too much. And so it was like, boom, 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 all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yes, Joshua? Oh, I thought, I kind of thought the opposite. I thought they did a really good job. No, spending, no, not that 
you know, it should have been like, shorter. No, not at all. I can't get over no. every negative that we give. Josh is like, no, 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 no. Spy, you're wrong. <laughs> no, I, I agree that it was too short, but I thought they did a nice job at really diving into the relationships, especially between Kim and Ron, and spending a lot of times, a lot of time on what they were feeling. And I thought they had cut a lot of the action, especially at the end. I thought the ending just fight sequence and everything was very rushed because they spent so much emotional time at the beginning of them trying to work through what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And so like, I agree it was really, really short, but I think for what they were doing, because in the show, they don't spend a whole lot of time doing emotional stuff. Like, you know, you get a feel for the relationships and things like that, but in a, 20 minute episodic show you don't have a whole lot of time for that so you put I guess, in more action sequence and that's why i thought it was a little different i guess just like a better balance i think it just yeah yeah everything yeah. was yeah like it just felt like everything was like one after the other one after the other and i wish there was a little more balance between the emotional kind of non-action parts with the action so then everything felt more coherent than it was just like whoa we rushed through a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. A moment that I did not like. I felt like Kim's suit came out of nowhere. It, like, there was no foreshadowing. There was no mention. <laughs> we didn't even have, like, a bit of a Chekhov's gun situation. Like, it was, like... All of a sudden, she gets on the phone with Wade, and she's like, I'm taking the suit. And he's like, no, it's not ready. And I was like, what suit? And then she puts it on, and it's a really cool, badass suit. But it was like, it where did this come from? I This is happening now, and it just kind of, like, it throws your body out of whack. Like, I wish we could have, like, heard maybe, like, a phone call. It could have been, like, one line at the beginning where Kim, Wade is like, I'm working on a cool suit for you. And Kim is like... Ooh, but we didn't get any of that. It was just suddenly there's a suit and it protects her against everything. And it's like, it's a plot point that like covers up a lot of things. So. Yeah, no, I, I don't like this deus ex machina super suit yes. that comes out of nowhere. I will yeah. say in season four that follows this, they do use it a lot. Like, which is well, that's good. <laughs> that's getting into that's getting into a positive that this show the show actually continues from the events of the movie and don't just like ignore it like a lot of shows do. It was great, but yeah, no, it was out of nowhere. They do not mention it any time yeah, before all. in the show. He does, you know, make her some cool gadgets. Just hey, I made you something cool. Here it is. But yeah, no, this was completely out of nowhere. No foreshadowing. I, I agree. Yeah. This this was a. A pretty big negative. That was a, a, a sin I shall give the movie. <laughs> I didn't really like think about it. I was just like, oh, dope suit. But like when you actually think about it, like it's like, yeah, it comes out of nowhere. And I think I I do have like a slight memory of that. So I guess I was expecting, you know, that to happen. Or maybe it was like on a picture or something that I saw. So it's I was expecting it. He's in the suit on the Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, okay, now that's where that comes from. But when you think about it in the whole storyline, it's kind of just like thrown in. So I completely agree. Yeah. But that suit. Yeah. yeah they, they really could have just added a line. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess agree. it didn't add all that much. It just looked really cool for the Shigo fight scene at the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> Which 
like it was a it was just to make it look cooler which so a th- yeah a throwaway line would have been really cool because it didn't affect how the movie no, ended well, it was literally just no it, she yeah. go like scratched her and the suit healed her yeah but mm-hmm. it didn't like it ultimately it didn't it didn't change it wasn't the reason that they won yeah yeah this is my last few negatives all kind of go together and i i'm nervous to say them because I, I I know how big of a of a stand Josh is. I know you're not about to say something bad about Shigo. No, I'm not going to say something bad oh, about okay, Shigo. Okay. Actually, we could have had more <laughs> Shigo in this movie. I don't feel like she was in it enough. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's such in time. Yeah. I feel like the climax to the ending. First of all, they wrapped this movie up in like the last eight minutes and so it all i think eight minutes is being very generous i think it was like the last (laughs) two minutes yeah like from climax to ending i'm like talking about all of that i felt like the climax Mm -hmm. was really easy like it was too easy they get there and they're fighting they find out he's a syntho they find out he's a slime boy and then she like throws Shigo and then Rufus just bites his foot and the slime boy's slime comes out of his body and then like it just the climax was very easy and then okay this is the one I'm afraid that you guys aren't gonna like before you move on I agree the climax and falling action of this movie is the equivalent of a kitty slide It rushes, you rush up to the top, you can get up there in like two steps, and then you slide down, it's like, oh, they kiss. Okay, bye. Yeah. Like, it is nothing. I I didn't I didn't feel that they fostered the romance for Ron and Kim at all. I felt like we saw a lot of Ron's internal conflict, like on like how he feels about Kim and that he is in love with her. And like, you know, do I bring this up? Do I not? We kind of had that phone call with Kim and her mom, but I Mm -hmm. didn't get from Kim that she had a crush on Ron and she was just denying it. Like I didn't get that from her. And I felt like it just happened very quickly. Like, I don't think they developed Kim's feelings for Ron at all. Like we'd ever saw a moment where Kim maybe like looked at him and kind of got that. It was just like, all of a sudden Kim is like holding his hand and I do love you. And then we go into the dance and then they kiss immediately. And then the movie ends. (laughs) As much as I liked that they did kiss after watching all the show, I didn't think it needed to go there. Uh, okay. I, I don't think that kiss was er- well. I it should have gone there in the movie, but I agree that it should have been. It wasn't you earned. know led up to more. It wasn't it. earned. That's I it. Love, I like yeah. that it was there. I didn't think it. was I earned. love Kim and Ron together. Like, don't get me wrong. I, and that's something that I rooted for as a kid. And like at, when I rewatch the show, I know I'm going to root for it again. I like them ending up together. I just don't think we got there. And then they they added it. I wanted to see them fall in love with each other. And that's that's one of the moments that I wish they would have extended a little more. They would have given more time to because it was very abrupt at the end. I loved the end, but I think that's because... Yes. You know, you watch the series and you're so involved in their relationship that that's the ending you want. But when just watching the movie on its own, 
I feel like they could have given a little more time and attention to earn the iconic Ron and Kim kiss at the end of this movie. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I feel like she... I feel like for a lot of the movie, we just see Kim looking at Ron as, like, her goofy brother. And I would have loved to have seen moments where, like, she falls in love with his humor or the fact that he is a little clumsy. Like, there's so many cute things that we could have seen, like, Kim fall for in Ron. Yeah, I think we do, but I don't think it was presented in the best way. Because, like, every time she talks about, like, oh, I'm not normal, like, nobody likes me, it's always, Ron's always there. Like, I don't think, I think throughout the whole thing, because with Ron's jealousy, he doesn't realize that it's, oh, I like her more than just a friend. It starts off like, oh, well, now there's no time for me. Mm -hmm. And I think she's the same way in that they both don't realize that they have these feelings for each other. But she does a lot better at, like, explaining it away to herself because she's like oh no normal people like to be with me like it's just and like ron's always there like he's like you know he's nice he's great but he's not you know she's not it's not this type of guy that society has told her that she needs to be with yeah and so she's like no that's not what it's supposed to be and i like that but i feel like we we saw a lot of ron falling in love with kim but we never saw kim fall in love with ron yeah 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 that's my that's my probably that's, my biggest yeah. detriment of this movie is I felt yeah. like the romance was not fostered appropriately. Yeah, I think the where they're both tied up in the Bueno Nacho storage room thing, <laughs> I, I think was the closest we got to it. And yeah. I thought that was rather quick. It was, it was barely. Oh, there's somebody in here that likes me. It's like, yeah, no, duh. But I I, I agree. I wish like the I, whole show, they have like, you know, sprinkles of it. And there's like a whole episode where like Kim, like full on falls in love with him. But that's because of like an emotion ray or something. And but it's yeah, for the whole show, there's a little bit more build up, But for the movie, it's yeah, I don't. Yeah, think and I think they relied. Something? Yeah, I think they relied too heavily on the series building that up than they did with the movie. And although probably mm-hmm. a lot of people who did end up watching this movie had watched the series up to that point. So, oh, yeah. they, you know, they knew and they were, that's what they were wanting. Yeah. And of course they did that because that's what fans were always looking for was Ron and Kim. But I do agree that they, they could have done even just a little bit more for on Kim's side would have helped. But I do think they, they just relied too much on the series in this point or in this one. I would love so, to talk about fashion with you guys. I, yeah, I, I was going to say with the fashion in this movie, first of all, I made a note about every single outfit Kim wore throughout this movie, every single one. And it was not a conscious thing. It just happened. And I am obsessed with every single thing that Kim wore. Um, especially her, her super suit was dope. The blue and white suit I loved. Mm-hmm. But I unexpectedly, I love all of her crop top looks. Love them, would wear them right now. Yes. But what I did not remember and was like very into was her purple like undercover <laughs> casino dress. Yes. Yes! Such a look. 
Mm-hmm. I loved that dress. I loved that dress so much. And also Josh is going to hate me for saying this. I did not like Shigo's fancy dress. <laughs> Josh's face. I I loved Kim. a response. I loved Kim's undercover dress. Sabrina, I don't know how you felt. I just felt like it they every piece of that ensemble didn't look like it belonged to the same ensemble. I feel like Shigo could have had a better that. dress. Like, I, I mean, she, it was a like a cropped, a cropped tank with like a long slit skirt and then like boots. And I liked all the separate pieces, but I didn't like them all together. I I think I, what I liked about, I liked the style of it. I liked, you know, the crop with the skirt and the boots. Like I, I like that look, but I can see where you're coming from. Comparatively, hers was a lot more like traditional, like gown, mm-hmm. evening gown kind of look where she goes yeah. was a little more like edgy and different. Yeah. It was her style, but yeah, classed up a little bit. Right. I also love ponytail Kim. I said that earlier. I love Kim possible with a ponytail. That should be her signature look. <laughs> if they make like a sequel series at one point, she should have like the ponytail yeah. or like undercut or something. Yeah. <laughs> be too powerful dude if she had an undercut hell <laughs> i would love Woo. that <laughs> sorry uh, was, was that Let, let's let's stereotypical let's hit up disney I, y'all are too thirsty um. <laughs> what can i say a an undercut is mm. I'm already in love with Kim liked, Possible. I liked Kim's blue cropped hoodie tank. I wrote yes. that down. Pants. I, I said yes. her blue hoodie crop thing. I want that. That is sick as heck. It was sick. I loved yep. it. And then I liked dragon suit. Yes. Fly AF. Like. I agree. And I was not expecting him to be in a suit, one. And so then when I saw him in the suit, I was like, Ooh, that's a look. Like, I kind of am into that. I liked his, like, It looks exactly how I picture the CEO of a Tex-Mex fast food chain would look. You know what? Like, that's... I do have to say, that's one thing that I really loved, and there's little bits of this. Like, I love Ron's powder blue suit, and I loved Kim's light blue dance dress but i loved especially that they matched from the beginning so they were supposed to go together like it was supposed to be them and their outfits made that known and then when they come together at the end it just it's so perfect and it was such a cute moment i'll admit i I, didn't either but now that you say it like it's it's there i'm about to cry i think Yeah, my little hopeless romantic heart exploded. I was like, they were meant to be at the dance together. I was like, this is great. <laughs> you know, and they laid that groundwork too because they wore the powder blue suit to that heist. The, yeah, to the casino. Yeah. Oh, wow. And the thing is, they tend Amazing. to wear like matching outfits, even like in the opening, the cold opening. They're wearing like the matching, like kind of utility outfits, like the black with the cargo Mm -hmm. pants and so it's like they're matching in the beginning yeah Yeah. and then they match at the end at the dance when they come together and i was just like oh this is really cute i like this a lot yeah so would you all like to hear some fun facts absolutely (laughs) (laughs) 
So, the original title for this movie was Kim Possible, Day of the Diablos. Oh. And Ooh. you know what? I I feel like I, it, the only reason I don't like it because I think it would have given away the reveal. But I like it better than So the Drama because I don't know what that means. It's That is a phrase she uses all the time in the show. But what does it mean? <laughs> it's so the drama that a lot of drama, like it's stuff you should be concerned about because she's like, it's so not the drama. Like it's not even worth your time to think about it. Okay. I feel I'm like, glad Josh I feel like that's like Dr. D diggity dog. Like, slang. I'll, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is, and they mentioned this in the movie. That's like a Monique and Kim kind of saying, because you know, she yeah. says when I think Eric is introduced to Monique, she's like, oh, that's like Monique's language. Like you'll learn it or like you'll get used to it because she says some like really interesting phrases and stuff. So I feel like that's like a her and Kim friendship kind of like phrase that they use all the time. Yeah. But I also agree that it's kind of weird as a title. I was kind of like, yeah, (laughs) it's not a very exciting (laughs) title. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is a fact I thought was interesting. So the scene at the end of the movie after the climax where Draken and Shigo are in the prison van, that was added in later because test audiences thought that Kim killed Shigo. Straight up. I was like, oh, crap. Did Shigo die? And I knew she didn't, but like, (laughs) I I did think that. They thought that they killed her. (laughs) So they had to like add in that scene where Shigo's alive, but she's going to prison. Yeah, because that thing just topples on top of her after she gets electrocuted like she should not survive (laughs) but she's a superhero so yeah or super villain and then so this is a fun fact that i thought was also pretty cool so when ron is getting dressed for the prom in front of his mirror there are a bunch of stickers or and assorted personal items and one of the bumper stickers reads no on 65 and this was a reference in a protest to the Disney Channel's 65 episode limit rule, which is the sole reason that Kim Possible was canceled. So back in like the early 2000s, the Disney had like a 65 episode rule. Like you can't go past it. And it's the reason why a lot of these beloved shows didn't go on longer, even though they had big fan bases like Lizzie McGuire and even Stevens. They all have 65 episodes and then a movie ending them. And so this was like, this was a protest to their own company, to that no on 65, because this was supposed to be the series finale. And then it ended up getting renewed for a fourth season afterwards. So I thought that was really cool. Kim Possible was the last Disney Channel show that was affected by that rule. So after they broke it, no Disney Channel show was held yeah. to that 65. Yeah. Rule. Which is I a dumb rule. That. I'm glad they got rid of it. Oh, yeah. They were just like, it doesn't matter how popular it is, which is dumb. Yeah. Like, we know Disney loves money. Like, it's crazy that they were like, no, we got to go on to something. New. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what the good things of that rule would be. <laughs> I mean, Kim Possible, groundbreaker. I mm-hmm. can do and will mm-hmm. do anything. Changed the trajectory of Disney forever. And yeah. who would do it like Kim Possible did? Exactly. She made it possible. Also, this is a fun fact about the show. 
Neil Patrick Harris and John Cena originally auditioned for the voice of Ron. What? (laughs) I would have loved a Neil Patrick Harris Ron, but a John Cena Ron? I I don't think the world would have been ready for that. And okay, I don't know how valid this fun fact is. I read it on IMDb and I didn't fact check it beyond that. So it could be misinformation. Who knows? But what I read was that John Cena auditioned for it. He didn't get the role. And that led him into the avenue of like pro fighting. Kim Possible got his career started. Yeah. (laughs) Look, I don't know enough about, you know, WWE to refute that fact, so I'm just going to have to roll with it. <laughs> I don't either. So, <laughs> um, I would love to know where some of these voice actors are now. Wow, that's so crazy because I actually have that information. You, oh, you're great. Oh my goodness. So that's how the show works. I know. Okay, so we got to start with the often forgotten Disney queen Christy Carlson Romano. Yes. Mm. She, yes, she voiced the Kim Possible. And she was known for playing Ren Stevens on Even Stevens. Yes. But she actually got her kickstart in her career in Broadway national tours at the age of six. (gasps) What? (laughs) Yeah. And, And she became the first person to act in three Disney Channel projects simultaneously in 2000, being a part of Even Stevens, Cadet Kelly, and Kim Possible all at the same time. Oh my god. She really is Ren Stevens in that she is perfect and so organized. <laughs> she is truly a Disney queen. Yeah. Wow. She then She's went everywhere. on... Yeah. She then went on to do both Broadway and off-Broadway shows, including playing Belle in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. And yeah. Oh, I bet she was so good in that. From what I've read about her time as Belle in Beauty and the Beast, she took it so seriously because she really credited Disney to her career and her success. So she, she put a lot of pressure on herself, but she said it was one of like the most rewarding projects she's ever worked on. Um, She has also appeared in a lot of movies and TV roles, including the 2019 live action Kim Possible movie where she played a pop star called Poppy Blue. Oh, (laughs) no way. Yup. Josh suddenly wants to watch the new Kim Possible. (laughs) Yeah. I, I kind of don't. Well, you're going to have to, so can it. Uh, she also she also started a YouTube channel called Christie's Kitchen Throwback, where she cooks recipes with former child actors and Disney stars, which had her end up going to host a Fox cooking show called Bucket List Bistro. Wow. And huh. Yeah. And she actually continues posting on her YouTube videos a lot about her time with Disney and what it was like for her as a young Disney star. And she talks very openly about it. And I've watched a lot of her videos. They're very interesting. A little clickbaity, but interesting nonetheless. I was going to (laughs) say, I was going to say, like, she was a joke on Twitter for a month or so because her videos were like so clickbaity. 
Yeah. But they are interesting. Like hearing her <laughs> and she is one of the, like one of the few like Disney stars that has had a positive experience for the most part. Mm. Like she talks very fondly of Disney. So I think that's very interesting because you hear a lot of kind of horror stories about child stars and a lot of like Disney, like young Disney stars where from what I've watched of her videos, she has a very positive outlook on her career with Disney. That's good. And then it's good. Yeah. And next we have the Ron Stoppable, Will Friedle. Will Friedle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Love Will Friedle. I had the biggest crush on him when he was on Boy Meets World. Yes, he and that's his best known role as Eric Matthews on Boy Meets World. <laughs> and he also went to do Disney's My Date with the President's Daughter. Incredible movie. <laughs> I cannot wait for us to watch it. Not a decom, but a great Disney movie. He also ended up voice doing many voice acting roles in films, including Howl's Moving Castle, six direct to DVD DC comic and Batman movies. And the most recent one he's done is Netflix, My Little Pony, A New Generation. I knew he had a like an extensive voice career now. Like he doesn't do as much like on screen work, which is a shame because yeah. he was so good as Eric Matt. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, I knew it was He's Nightwing. <gasps> Nightwing's my favorite DC hero. <laughs> oh I love that for him. Josh lo- Nightwing is like his number one. This is a big movie. Oh my gosh. Will Friedel. Dude, you are killing it and i love this for you josh and i are now both in love with will friedel <laughs> i love it that's my dream to voice nightwing at some point and i love it yeah most most of his recent roles have been voice acting for tv shows and video games and for a lot of his roles i saw that he voices many characters in like single projects that he's in so a lot for those dc and batman movies he did a lot of different voices and now actually speaking of christy carlton romano's youtube they actually reunited on christy's kitchen throwback where they make the iconic ron stoppable naco the taco filled with nachos and they talk about their i used to do that all the time as a kid yeah and sorry no, it's literally, it was like such a moment. I remember seeing this and I was like, hold on, is this happening? And they actually talk a lot about their time on Kim Possible and answer fan questions and recreate their favorite scenes with these action figures, like Kim Possible action figures that Christie's mom kept all these ah! years. Oh, I have to watch this. Yeah, it's great. <gasps> I love it. Oh, I love that. We'll link it. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, well, I think it's time. For us all to wrap up our thoughts in a nice little bow. Try to figure out where to put this on the rankings. So I feel like, Josh, you should start. What are your final thoughts? I think that just strictly speaking about the movie and not the show as a whole, because the show as a whole is wonderful. But I think the movie, it's got great humor. It's got great music. It's got great characters. I think it's a joy to watch. I wish it was a lot longer. And I agree. The ending was very rushed. I wish that we could have gotten more of that. I don't like that they kind of, you know, shortened it. I get that it's like three episodes lengths put into one, but I feel like 
they could have given us a little bit more. And as much as I love the show and this movie, I realize that that is a big, a big sin for the movie to have a rushed ending like that. And I can, I can be big enough to admit that, (laughs) that this movie does have its flaws. And yeah, so I think it's a, it is definitely, I think the best of the Kim Possible movies, but you know, sometimes the best isn't the best compared to other movies. This is crazy. I, I can be, I, I can be I can be strong enough to I wasn't admit this. I can. Sabrina, what about you? <laughs> I mean, I agree. I I adore this movie, and I had such a great time watching it that I forgot that I was taking notes for this podcast. And <laughs> I I do agree. There are, you know, some things to be changed, and especially with you know the time, the amount of time that they spent on certain parts, especially the ending. I agree with Josh, but I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie. It was exciting. It was fun. And it's one that I would absolutely watch again. No questions yeah. asked. I would watch it again. And it really confirmed that I still am in love with Kim Possible. So <laughs> that's where I'm at. So for me, I think it was, it was fine. It was a fine film. I think that it, it definitely made me want to rewatch the show. I've already started rewatching the show and I love the show. I am reminded how much I love the show. But for me, at the end of the day, I don't think it can stand alone as a movie. And I think that that's a problem for me. And also, like how we said, it moves very fast. And I feel like the ending didn't give what we wanted it to give. Josh is going to argue with me. No, I think it gave us what it, we wanted it, it to give. It gave us what we wanted. Just not enough then, of it. No, because like... I thought it was a good conclusion, yeah. but the cliff notes of a conclusion. Yes, it was. Like, I remember... It was, it was less than I remembered. Because going in, like, once I realized what the movie was, I was like, this is the one where Ron wins. And I was so excited to see that. And I was... I felt a little disappointed. Well, if I may interject, isn't the point of a movie the purpose, if oh, you will... No to invoke these feelings and memories in us that last our lifetimes. If the movie made you feel that way and sat with you for so long, didn't it serve its purpose? I'd like to start off discussion by saying Kim Possible should be at the top of the list. <laughs> no. What a statement. <laughs> no. <laughs> so sorry. And this is why we don't let guests uh, help rank. <laughs> rank, yeah. Because Josh also... Let this be a master class in negotiation. You start at the top, work your way down. Josh also, <laughs> although he is here every week, he has not watched a single movie with us. <laughs> hey, Fake fan. I will cut that. I will not be called out like this. <laughs> okay. None of that. Sabrina. So I'm thinking below Smart House. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> okay. Whoa, hold up. Okay. I I was thinking around somewhere around Full Court Miracle. So under Halloween Town or above Twitches. Above Twitches? Shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Twitch has had more negatives interject? for me than Kim Possible. Oh my goodness. What? I could I give think it a Josh box even disagrees house. with me. I kind of do. 
I I was not expecting this. And that was shocking because I didn't think Megan was going to rank it that highly. Really? When she said below Smart House, I said, that's rather generous of you. I I can do above Smart House. You think it's better than Twitch? Go through the from Twitches to Smart House, what's the what's the list? It's literally it would go it twitches and then it's smart house. So I Oh, okay. They're they're adjacent. Okay. So we're we're not that far off. But here here's the thing. Here's the thing. Twitches there were some things that I like watching it back are still in my mind that are like glaring that are just like they'd had no people in Coventry, you know, like the, the CGI were really bad, you know, just like stuff like that, that are like really glaring to me. I love the Maori sisters in it. I love the whole concept, but I think the execution was not great. Now there, me too. But there are execution issues in Kim Possible as well. But I don't think they were as large as Twitch's. I think with uh, like just lengthening a few things, we could have had more and it would have been just that much better. And I, that's, that's where I'm at with going above Twitch's. And I, I like, I love Twitch's, but that's, that's the perspective I'm coming from. Oh man. You know what? I I disagree. However, I can definitely see it. And you brought up a good point. We'll never know how much depth we could have gotten if we had gotten those extra 20 minutes. Yeah. And so I... And that's think, all we needed. Yeah. I think I can give you above Twitches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I can give I am- it to you hesitantly i can give it to you hell yeah (laughs) okay i let's go (laughs) not to like toot my own horn but i think i made a good argument there i thought a lot about that that was pretty good i i did think a lot about this against you honestly i know which was surprising i was not i was not expecting josh to be it Uh, when you mentioned the background characters yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. you know what's funny we all surprised each other (laughs) <laughs> or here I'll, I'll let you finish your thoughts sabrina <laughs> you thought I, I was yeah i just i thought josh was going to be more towards my side and when he wasn't that was shocking and i really <laughs> the reason i had to think so much about this one is because i know i have a very like deep love for kim possible and the series and i had to see it as a movie and compare it as a movie to the other ones. So mm-hmm. that's why I was thinking a lot more technically with this one, because I had to set my kind of bias, my love, like bias aside. Yeah. And so technically I do think this one is better than Twitch's. Yeah, uh, you sold me when you brought up the background characters just missing in Coventry, <laughs> the the CGI being bad, because that was one of my points was how vivid the background was yeah. for an animated movie, especially in early 2000s that wasn't like a mainstream Disney release. It was the attention to detail they put into the character and the life in the world of this animated movie was top tier and compared to a live action movie that couldn't even have background actors in the background. I I agree. You sold me. I know my opinion means nothing for your rankings, but you know, you sold me. 
So, Josh, thank you so much for um, coming today. You're here every day, but we let you talk, and I'm so glad we did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, thank you for taking my muzzle off and letting me out of the uh, (laughs) gremlin den. Like, that was... It was such a relief to be able to like get some fresh air talk i was able to contact my family for the first time since the podcast started so that was nice yes Uh, awesome (laughs) now back to the closet oh okay well before you go before you go do you have anything that you'd like to promote well uh, you can follow me at denim king josh on all the things i also produce this uh podcast it's really great i don't know if you've heard of it it's called Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod. Uh, you should definitely check it out if you could. The two hosts, they're wonderful. Two of my favorite people in the world. Aww. And, Aww. you know, throw them a bone. Like, they're trying. <laughs> <laughs> we are. <laughs> it's very true. They're really great. <laughs> oh, we do gosh. our best. Well, this, is, this is a fun episode. Please join us back next week when we're diving into Christmas season with... The ultimate Christmas present. Yes. Love to see it. Yes. We will also be hopefully having a guest for this episode. So that will be fun. Two guests in a row. I'm excited. I wasn't good enough. (laughs) No. (laughs) Didn't we say back to the closet? Hey, you need me to play the outro. (laughs) You're right. We love you dearly. (laughs) In this moment, at least. (sighs) (laughs) because please join us back for ultimate christmas present i'm very excited i haven't seen it in many 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 years and i remember liking it a lot as a kid so very excited i am so excited to start getting into the christmas movies i love christmas and i can't wait to start with this movie i am very very happy and very excited hell yeah so you asked me where people could find me where where can people find you guys Oh my gosh. Thank you for asking. You can find us on Instagram at Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod. You can also, if you like us, rate us five stars on whatever podcast app you listen to. It helps other people find this fun podcast. And you can also leave us a review and let us know your favorite decom. Please do. I only get fed if they get a review. (laughs) Please, please, please rate them. (laughs) so thank you for tuning in until next time i'm megan i'm josh and i'm sabrina and you've been listening to d cup the disney channel unoriginal podcast